0: Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking
1: Bros,
0: kids. I was just
1: reading the the Patreon comments from yesterday's show, which was wild as fuck, by the way. Sure was, sure Um, was.
0: Uh, Two and a half women was the title of that one. We had a real live midget. Uh, in the studio yeah. yesterday, and here's had, here's the comment. It, well, here, hang on. It was yeah, yeah. it was surprising to us. We didn't know that a midget was coming.
1: Oh, I knew. I assumed she was. So they toured together a lot. I
0: did not know. Yeah. So I walked in blind to that. Well, and you know, whenever I mean, you get hit with a midget on accident, it's fun. It's always it's a nice unexpected. treat. Yeah.
1: It's very. I guess some people have weird phobias about it, mm-hmm. but if you don't, it's always a treat. I think sure is now AJ gamble who we all know uh-huh. uh, said who do you fuck first the four foot six bifida broad which I think <laughs> she should trademark that uh, or the smallest sassy stripper that's just a cunt hair under three foot
0: oh boy
1: because <laughs> she was 211 I think was the she height, was the she was two
0: height. foot 10 I yeah. think was is what she was coming in something as. like that yeah uh, and it was a blast but uh, they're gonna be back in July I think Yeah,
1: I think it's, well, the date of the event is July 14th. We'll see what actually happens production-wise for us. I don't know what we're going to do, but they are going to bring a bunch of LPs over here.
0: Five midgets. We might have five or six midgets in the studio.
1: I think, uh, you know, midget, I don't have a problem with the word. I don't have a problem with any word, frankly, but I certainly don't have a problem with that one. But I think LP just sounds cooler.
0: Maybe point. Uh, she was fine with either and it didn't really matter. Uh, did not care whatsoever. And yeah. that was fun. Yeah. Um, and if you thought yesterday's show was fun, today's is even funner. Our favorite Navy SEAL, Dan Crenshaw, is with us today. <laughs> yeah. Can we put him up on screen? Can you put Dan? Oh, is. shit. We nope. got the wrong one, dude. Is that Eddie Gallagher? I'm squinting. The monitor's far away. <laughs> <laughs> that right there is why you sign up for Patreon, kids. You couldn't see it, yeah. but he was covering his eye. Uh, <laughs> this controversy, by the way, is starting to pick up steam here, Eddie. Um, so much so, in fact, that uh, Dan's been going on his Instagram and social media talking about it. Uh, what are your really? thoughts on, uh, yeah, on Dan Crenshaw and the Navy SEAL community problem as a whole? As he said.
2: What, so? I haven't seen any of his posts. I don't, I don't check up on him. What's, what's he saying as far as, uh,
1: well, I think it was, was just the, 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 the videos he's been making about, um, about Goggins. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I, I think I, obviously, I put out that video, uh, putting out information about Crenshaw and just what he did to me and my family. But I watched the whole Goggins thing and, you know, I think, uh, Goggins is definitely um, a little unhinged about it. But at the same time, he brought up a good point during that interview he did, you know, just calling Dan out for the type of person that he is, man. The dude's a two faced, he's a liar. I mean, plain and simple. Uh, You know, it's, I I thought he did a great job um, calling that out. Um, But at the same time, Dan constantly responding and they're going back and forth, I think it gets pretty petty uh, at some point. And you're just like, all right. When, when is this going to stop?
0: Um, yeah, because it makes but, the, the Navy SEAL community look like shit, um, especially with two guys that are that kind of high profile in it. Um, Goggins, obviously, was uh, more famous from a book and then kind of Rogan and everything else besides what he actually did in the military, uh, at least according to you guys.
1: Well, uh, I think the thing that Dan did in the military that made him famous was get shot in the face, right? Mm, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. He got, got uh, ID. ID. yeah, sorry, or, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. like, uh, you know, it's not like he won the Navy Cross or something is what I'm saying. Okay.
2: No. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to take any way, anything away from that. It's an unfortunate accident yeah, yeah. Uh, that he lost, lost his eye. But I, I think that couldn't have happened to a worse person. Right. It's uh, he, took, he took advantage of that. Um, and that's where he's at now. Um, you know, he hides behind. That injury and the Trident um, uses it as a shield while he sits there and he says one thing and does the other behind the scenes. And then anytime anybody brings anything up about it, he can go right back to like, oh, well, I got wounded and I'm a SEAL. So you really don't have anything to say. Isn't to that kind of uh, like
1: saying you're trans when you get arrested and then getting out of
2: the charge? You're trying to at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like that, that yeah. shouldn't work.
0: Have you ever had a conversation with him just one-on-one?
2: No. So... You know, I, as I said in the video, I tried to right when I uh, had retired, I was at a turning point event um, and just saw him walking down the hall when I was getting coffee, literally just stood there looking at him like, hey, man, let's talk. And I mean, he immediately, you know, looked down at the ground, pretty much like speed walked past me. Um, you know, at that point, I was like, whatever, uh, typical officer. Um, but I, you know, I went to D.C. last weekend. Um or last week after I had put out that video to go do some things with the Pipe Foundation. And, uh, I, you know, we put out an all uh, an email out to all Congress men and women like, hey, we're going to be here. You can come down uh, so we can talk about what we're doing. And there was plenty of, you know, I talked to the majority of all the other SEALs that are in Congress right now. But, yeah, he didn't show up. He didn't, you know, he's not going to show his face, um, you know, and that's why he hasn't. I have not seen any response from him uh, ever since I put out that video. And it's because he has nowhere to go. Uh, He knows I have all the documents backing it up. And really when you tell that many lies, uh, whether he was telling people on one end, he was trying to help me. And then on the other end, he was going against me. You're pretty much dug yourself into a hole. So no matter what you say, you're contradicting yourself. So that's why there's been no response from him. I believe.
1: Uh, Bob, I just emailed you to the drinker bros account, uh, a short video of when Crenshaw ran into uh Eddie if you want to put that up on screen. Yeah, that'd be great to that.
0: to see that. Uh while you're looking for that Bob, Eddie, I want to ask you um what is it specifically that he did against your family and you that that people might not know necessarily?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I think most people know the story, you know, I I was locked up for uh I was you know charged with war crimes uh back in 2019. Thrown in military prison uh, without any charges, and for nine months until I had to go to trial. And during that time, my wife and brother were out there, you know, advocating for me, trying to get the truth out about what was going on because there was so much, you know, lies and corruption. And my brother, you know, he was like Dan Crenshaw should help us. He, you know, obviously thought because he was a SEAL, um, he would get behind us. And uh, you know, my brother went to Congress every day. Uh, he lives right there by D.C., knocking on his door finally you know got a hold of him and crenshaw was playing well i'll see you know let me see how this de- you know how the situation develops before i you know stick my hand in but uh he, he never really did anything until my brother got 50 other congressmen to sign a petition to let me out of prison um he wouldn't sign that petition instead he wrote his own saying to keep me in prison just to let me see my lawyers more which was complete bullshit uh Anyway, the petition that the 50 congressmen signed actually got me out of prison. That's why the president ended up getting involved at the time. And, uh, you know, ever since then, we just like, you know, we're like, all right, fuck Dan, like, whatever. He's not going to he's not going to help us. And that was fine. I really wasn't pissed about that. I mean, it was a little disappointing, but you're like, okay. um, yeah, it but I, re- I
1: remember uh, at the time when it happened, nobody in the broader community knew anything about it. Like it wasn't it wasn't like you fucking immediately you or your family immediately jumped on social media like Dan Crenshaw fucked us over. It's like no, we just no. moved on and tried to do it another way.
0: Yeah, we didn't know we anything didn't about it until, until way later on yeah. down the road.
2: Yeah, so even when I, you know, after I got out and I wrote the book about the whole thing, there was a conversation between me and my wife, like, "Hey, should we put this in here that this dude did this?" And at the end of the day, we're like, "No, man, it's it's not even worth it." Um, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and try and smear him in my book. Just whatever, let bygones be bygones. But it wasn't until after the book came out that I went to Congress um, to give the 50 congressmen a, a signed copy that that actually helped us where they pulled me aside, and it was multiple congressmen. And uh, they were like, hey, just to let you know, Dan Crenshaw was actively working against you and telling us not to support you, that you were guilty, that you belonged in prison, um, and that it was his community, and he should be the one to deal with it. Um, Once I heard that news, and it wasn't just from one person. it was Like I said, it was from multiple congressmen. uh, That is where I was like, okay, this motherfucker was literally trying to kill me um you know because i was facing life in prison and he was trying to take me away from my kids my wife and kids so i held on you know i knew this information i think i even last time i was on your guys podcast um you know it, his name came up and i didn't say a word mm-hmm. um, yep. i was just trying to move move past it i was like dude I'm, I'm not trying to start start any shit but it's one of those things that i it sat heavy on me for a while and uh eventually you know once the goggins thing came out. um and I heard that and it wasn't until Goggins sent me a text message that Crenshaw had sent him and it was pretty much talking shit about me, telling telling Goggins what a piece of shit I am and all this, that, and like, hey, and he was like, even after I had tried to help him, which is a lie. So right then I was like, All right, man, that's that's it. That sort of compelled me to come forward and just be like, All right, here's what happened, A, B, and C. Um, and I have all the documents to back it up. And I the reason I did it is not to really like go after him and get in this petty mash. I just feel that I'm like, this dude's in a position of power and you know, he's rising through the ranks. And I'm like, dude, if nobody calls him out on his bullshit, now this individual, is this the type of individual that ended up in the white house? And then people will be like, well, how the hell did someone this corrupt get, get in this administration? And it's because no one calls these individuals out at early on in their stages. Um, so that was like really what compelled me to come forward and, just be like, hey man, just let people know about his character and who he really is.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating because you know when something this big happens, um, it's not only just affecting you, but like you said earlier, your family, your wife and kids, and all that other stuff. Uh, to not stand up for you is is one thing in Congress, yeah. uh, but then to start sending out text messages and everything after the fact is total bullshit, um, in my opinion. Uh, the other thing too is you know. We've had a ton of, of Navy SEALs on the show, uh, obviously former, um, but the community is pretty tight-knit. This is the first time that I can remember a few of you guys getting in it in a, in a public fashion like this. Uh, it just so happens that it's a, it's a congressman, which yeah. uh, Dan has always said on the show, uh, all of them are, are cons. All politicians are cunts,
1: yeah. And, yeah usually it's like uh, pretty professional, despite all the tropes about writing books and nice hair and shit. It's a professional community and look, just like any other group of people, there's a lot of dudes that don't like each other, mm-hmm. probably more so because it's a bunch of alpha dudes that don't like each other and that's just the nature of the fucking beast. But this is the first time you see it in public and it's not, it, it, there, I think there's pretty good reason for it this time because that guy's a piece of shit and he's he's trading on the honor of everybody that's worn that fucking trident at this point. So all this behavior, the fucking, the weird shit he does in the stock market the shit he says behind the scenes that's that's uh uh, criminal at at best in my opinion it's somebody's got to talk about it
2: yeah yeah you know and, and i've had you know ever since i put out that video i've obviously had some team guys call me and it's the same you know just a couple that are like hey man i understand but you realize this makes the community look bad and i'm like dude well first off the community doesn't own me and i don't i'll say what i want and i'm like if someone doesn't call an individual like this out that is representing our community and he's doing it, I think in the worst fashion, um, I'm like, then who, who's at fault here? Like, we're just going to let this guy keep doing what he's doing and embarrassing us, or is somebody going to stand up and call him out? And I'll tell you this, ever since I put out that video, the response, the number of people that have emailed me or texted me with similar stories of what he's done to them. And I'm talking, these are seals, active duty seals, gold star families that he's fucked over. I mean, it's a laundry list that people are just coming out of the woodwork now. And I'm like, well, why, if he's been doing this for so long, why is, has nobody called him out? And I think the reason is what we went over before is because he is a seal and he has a purple heart, you know, and he got injured. So people feel like, well, he, I don't want to say anything. And I'm like, that that's no excuse. Like you're not gonna hide behind that bullshit.
0: Yeah, and even on this show, Dan was actually uh, the first one to come out against Crenshaw in like a public fashion, uh, unre- unrelated to your circumstance whatsoever. And initially, he took a little bit of heat from it of like, hey, how could you go after you know somebody else who's in military, who's in Congress and everything else? And he goes, look at what he's doing behind the scenes. Uh, and you were the first one uh, on a podcast, at least, that I can remember, of you bringing up how much he was making off of the stock market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once that story got leaked, I don't know, six or eight months later, everybody came and apologized in the DMS and all that other stuff, because we didn't know that any of that was going on. And then that one quiet part that was supposed to be way down deep inside that he accidentally said (laughs) out loud of, well, what else would I be doing this for if it wasn't to financially benefit me of, of being in Congress? That's what kind of set off this trail of like, wait a minute, maybe he's a piece of shit after all. Um, And then everybody started to come around on that guy
2: exactly i mean and you can see it in the stuff that he does i mean any any time he makes a decision that people are not in agreement with which whatever when you're in a position like that yeah those decisions that got to be made were half the country is not going to like but if you have to put out a video the next day explaining why you made that decision each and every time it's like well dude maybe you're not on the right you know you're not doing the right thing either that or like stand behind your decision and stop Mm -hmm. trying to make excuses and also stop talking to people in such a condescending way. Like every time he comes out, he's like this pompous, you know, Oh, you don't know. You don't know the truth and you don't know why I made this decision. And let me explain to you. And it, it's a typical attitude of a Navy SEAL officer, especially from the era that he grew up in. I mean, those officers are raised from Annapolis to where you can never make a wrong decision. And if you do, you're still not wrong. It's in a very elitist attitude and. That's what he portrays constantly, you know, in the position that he's in right now.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting to see what'll happen, uh, because I feel like he's kind of locked in as this career politician, um, on the, the politics side of it, there is a, you know, both people on the right and the left, uh, who've kind of become these meme politicians as well, where they're using this social media, uh, to kind of drive themselves and make them more famous Mm -hmm. like AOC and, and, and Crenshaw and those guys, uh, But it doesn't really seem like they have uh, our best interest at heart. And I say our because, you know, he's obviously one of our reps from the state of Texas down here. Quick reminder, this is what his district looks like. Really?
1: Now, that's not what it looked like when he first got there. It's been uh, gerrymandered quite a bit since then.
0: Uh, where is that, Bob? It's Texas Houston. Li- yeah, oh, it's, it's North Houston. Houston. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, it's all of you. It goes from Central Houston all the way up and around. Kind of, it's a fucky district. So, what you're
0: saying, Bob, is that it's all the rural parts where the whites live, and uh, you're definitely <laughs> avoiding the downtown area of Houston.
2: No, it goes into the middle of fucking downtown. Yeah. Does but it really? Look at it. It's. that's But it's drawn a certain way yeah. to keep
0: certain people voting. Like to. It's. Because it looks like we got that little tiny green part there, and then the rest of it all the way around the edges. It's mostly burbs. Okay. Yeah, that's but, downtown
1: near where fucking Bob's in laws live. I think they still own slaves.
0: Yeah, well, Bob yeah. Bob just gave up slavery. <laughs> if you like, want to know how wealthy that that
1: that part of the city is, um, somebody's pet tiger got loose in the neighborhood once.
0: Is that wealth what? or
1: is that just a flex? Like, no, it's hey. well, like for like. If it was, like, a llama or some shit, yeah. or, or, you know, I don't know, uh, one of those other kind of small, like, medium-sized cats, maybe. But tiger Tigers like, that's tens of thousands of dollars for that thing. No shit. Yeah. All right.
0: All right, I, I look. I didn't know if it's kind of like you know buying a Honda Accord and then spending forty k on rims. Like I don't know how that works with a tiger. No, and you there a, yet, Eddie. The, and the other
1: part of it is you have to feed them uh, an aging homosexual magician
0: every couple of years. Yes, yes. Otherwise, the tiger dies. Now right? that I did know. Yeah. R. I. P. Siegfried. Well, um, he's out there. I think Roy just died too. I yeah. think the whole duo is dead now. Yeah. One oh, was from geez. Tiger, one was from I Look, I AIDS. didn't want to go there today, Eddie. I was not prepared <laughs> Wait, to Wait, did he down say there. AIDS?
1: Because I was thinking AIDS. Yeah, you, oh, you, you did, AIDS, you did yeah. say AIDS, right? Was that <laughs> yeah. you that said
0: AIDS or no? Yeah. That's, okay.
1: why the, that's why the cat was mad. Maybe.
0: Because cat cats feline AIDS, yeah. feline yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: AIDS. They gave the tiger feline AIDS and they're like, fuck this guy.
0: Which one was it? You think it was Siegfried oh. or you think it was Roy who gave him AIDS? I think Siegfried held the legs. Okay. And yeah, Roy gave him the AIDS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put a little chloroform over yeah. the the tiger's mouth. I, I understand that. I, th-
2: I gotta imagine it's just
0: whoever's blood the tiger drank. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was Siegfried, right? That was Siegfried. Yeah, it was that a was... lot of it, friend. That was uh, a <laughs> that was a crime crime scene <laughs> that day. Man, I remember seeing the aftermath of that. It was fucking awesome. I mean uh, that, that 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 did suck. I'm sure they're nice guys. Do you have that video, Bob? Sure. Do you have that pulled up so we can play it for the peeps here? Uh, what? Oh, yeah, the Crenshaw thing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, go ahead and pop that up this there. Is, this
1: is just Crenshaw when he fucking ran into Eddie at, at the event.
0: Was it a, no, Did I he give you, like, it's... a look away, or was it, like, a little side, like a, a horse blinder thing where he just kind of cupped his eye?
2: Just, like, I mean, like staring straight down yeah. the ground. <laughs> and his little uh, crony staffers, like, had him, like, in a little PSD ring. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, that's... Uh, I'm sure he's got a little fucking entourage. God, he's so stupid. God,
2: it's crazy. Oh,
1: yeah, He He's, he, like, just... It's so fucking irritating that people like that exist. Because they want you to participate in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. They want you to fucking, like, believe in all the stupid, delusional shit they believe in. Like, he's somehow even competent to be in that position in the first place, much less somebody we should look up to and respect. You
0: know what I mean? But that's the thing. If you don't have that belief and you don't have people mm. who are willing to to buy into it, you can't keep that job for that long. Yeah, it's but you're just not supposed to keep is. that job oh, for that long. Oh, I understand. We're on the same page you're not Like Congress, you're not supposed to be a career
1: Congress. That, that wasn't a thing. It wasn't Until a thing. like the fucking 20th century, that yeah. wasn't a thing.
0: Strom Thurmond was the only guy that I knew that actually made it a thing. And then everybody's kind of uh, piggybacking off of that. Well, now. Biden was
1: in that class, too. Oh, yeah. He was, well, he was, he was quite a bit
0: uh, after. But, yeah. 47 years that yeah. guy's been in there? Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie, are you following at, 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 like, uh, the Ukraine war and Russia and everything that's going on over there? You checked out of that?
2: I don't give a fuck about Ukraine.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, we
1: did just send some more money this week, and now it's two hundred billion. Oh, great! Um, and just for yeah,
2: that's that's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Uh, just for con- comparison, the uh, VA, the Veteran Affairs Administration, spends one hundred and ten billion or so on all VA disability per year. So we've already doubled that for Ukraine. Perfect. And not just for I mean seventy five or so percent. I think it's actually seventy three percent. Of that money never leaves the U.S. It goes to U.S. arms manufacturers and shit like that, and KBR and shit. But we're also funding, uh, yeah,
2: military. Got to keep that military industrial complex going, you know.
1: But we're also funding not just their government, but their government pension system. Mm -hmm. There are dudes in Ukraine who aren't working, who are getting paid by the United States to not work. You're getting paid by another country to not work. They're, I mean, well, that, they're, they're staying like, at home. That's like a, a room full of fucking E4s right there. That's that's the biggest sham shield I've ever seen in my goddamn life, man. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit!
0: Well, they, look, they, I think they're they're home. They're not actually at work, um, but uh, I, I would imagine the power is probably off. That's just a guess. Uh, the reason I bring it up, Eddie, is uh, this morning I was watching the uh, assassination attempts, if that's what we're calling it. Um, I couldn't tell from the video what was actually going on. They said they shot down two drones. They said that it was an assassination attempt
1: against Putin. We'll have more information on it tomorrow. But, I mean, it's, it's interesting so, the way it's been published because the the major news companies have also been publishing this same story about how there's no actual proof it was an assassination attempt. Right Now, may, maybe, you know, if you're trying to bomb the Kremlin, Chances are, like, if somebody was bombing the White House, would we call that an assassination attempt on the president if he was there? Yeah. Wouldn't it it be splitting hairs to say we don't have proof they were trying to kill the president?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's that. I'm just trying to figure out why. Like, it feels like we're just trying to really jam in World War III here before the summer starts. Well, it's summer fighting season starting, right, Eddie?
2: Yeah, of course, man. I mean, the more that we... uh you know, feed Americans propaganda that what we're doing over there is the right thing. And, you know, that Russia is the enemy and we need to, like, you know, fund Ukraine and then eventually send our military over there because that, you know, that's coming. Mm. It's they're just sneaking their way into that position. And they're I mean, they're brainwashing people to get behind it here. And you ask people even here that are like, I have the Ukrainian flag and all this crap. Like, OK, why? Why are you supporting that war? They They have no real reason why, except it's just the trendy thing to do.
1: I mean it's the same it's the same bullshit from we've got to fight him over there so we don't have to fight him here, right? Like we've got to stop Putin before he gets too strong so he doesn't attack America. Uh Putin is not attacking America under yeah. any circumstance. We would level that entire fucking continent in 30 minutes if he did. So it's not a real threat. Now I'm not saying that we shouldn't maybe uh use, you know, sanctions or whatever the fuck else to to deal with somebody like that, but uh this this belief that he's somehow an existential threat to the United States is absolute nonsense. Nonsense. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the
2: same BS lie. They fed us, you know, 10 years into the 20 year mm. war. We were like, Oh, well, we're just keeping them over here. So they don't come over to the States. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure if we went over here, the same things will be happening. I mean, how many, you know, uh, mass shootings happen where ISIS claimed, you know, they were, they were, uh, behind it or Al Qaeda claimed they were behind it in the States while we were actually over there fighting them. Mm. I mean, it's just a, a reason for people to get riled up and and get behind something. Um, and I hope that that we learned over the past two decades that it's not fucking worth it. obviously yeah, no shit,
1: no shit. I mean, so yeah, Nadal Hassan, the mm-hmm. Fort Hood shooter, happened while we were deployed over there. Yeah, like, the, and and it was considered to be workplace violence and not terrorism, despite the fact that he was radicalized by a guy, an, an American actually, but a guy who we ended up dropping a fucking bomb on later on in Yemen. Right. So that's a that's it's just like layers and layers of nonsense propaganda. And uh, it, I don't know what the fuck I don't I don't, I don't I'm don't i not sure if anybody actually believes any of it anymore or if it's just like flare on their fucking uniform at work. You know what I mean? It's like oh, I've got a couple of, here. Here are the things I believe mm-hmm. I'm part
0: of something. That's it. But I don't think they I don't think anybody actually believes this shit. I'm not really sure anymore. I mean, I'm looking at Russia's response here, and they're threatening uh, nuclear retaliation after this, and they're saying they also went to his residence as well to try to get him at at his residence, and then I guess at the office where he was at. I don't know that I believe any of this stuff. Here's what I do know. If they did manage to
1: clip Putin, it would not go the way they think it's going to go. You think that dude's fucking bad? No, he typically what happens in Russia is the more reasonable and controlled person ends up in power right because he's the one that can manage all these other fucking lunatics over there and it's mostly run by the brotha the brotherhood the, the mafia at this point and the oligarchs like he yeah he's a piece of shit for sure but so is saddam Hussein, and we didn't exactly yeah. benefit the world or iraq by the way from getting rid of him so they, they they're barking up the wrong fucking tree there to be honest what
2: do, what do you think yeah, would I mean, happen if
0: saddam was still in there eddie
2: I mean, if I mean the way he was running it before, I'll tell you what. I've, from being over there multiple times, I, I think he had a pretty good control over that place. I mean, that's the thing; that's a whole different culture over there, and they respond to violence like that's just the way they they're brought up. And that's, I mean, I think Saddam had that locked down, and I, I honestly think it would be that place would be better off. <laughs> I mean. You got to think, we went over there, we destroyed that place, and then we tried to build it back up, you know, and then again in 2019, I was back there destroying it again. I mean, that place was just a, it's a mess. I honestly think, I think personally that if we just left it alone, that it probably running a lot smoother than it is now. Yeah. It's it's weird
0: to say, right? It's,
1: it's no, it's obvious.
2: It's
0: obvious. I, yeah. Well, to, to the rest of the world and in me, because, you know, take somebody who's obviously not in the military. Um, looking at that from afar, you think, all right, he's a bad guy. He's fucking up his own citizens. He's killing people, everything else. But nobody's really looking at the broader picture of what it would look like once he was gone and, and how much chaos and how many lives we would lose and everything else. Where obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, 20 but at the time, most Americans were, you know, Fuck, 96, 97% were like, yeah, let's fucking, let's free these people. Let's yeah, fucking I, bomb I, the shit up. I of them.
1: definitely remember when uh, the video of, of them toppling that statue came mm-hmm. out. I, it what was at early part of 2003. And everybody lost it, like celebrating and shit. I'm like, man, you, you just don't know what you're getting yourself into here, man. I mean, it's not great. Right. And the difference with Russia is they have fucking nukes, right? So instead of having one asshole who's for the last 25 years been able to maintain control like you can bitch about what he did in Georgia, you can bitch about what he did in Crimea, you can bitch about what he's done in Ukraine so far. But he has control of that country. We're not getting randomly attacked by a bunch of fucking Russian lunatics. You know, even Chechen yeah. terrorism in the in the region is down because of that dude. I'm not that's not an endorsement of the way he does shit, but the alternative to it is a decentralized nuclear state. Do you think that's a good fucking idea? Yeah. God damn it, man.
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, looking back at all of that. Uh were you there when the statue and all that stuff came down? What year did you go over there?
2: Uh the first year I was there for the invasion um with the uh, Marines and then probably three more times uh like 04, 07 and then back in 2017. Did you think at yeah. the
0: time that, that what you were doing you were like, Hey, we're really changing lives over here and we're liberating uh, people?
2: No, man, my, my, my thought process changed. Obviously, the more you more times you go over there. at some point if you have a brain and you kept going over there, you you realize like we're not trying to win here. This is this is a money making machine and we're I mean, we came over there, we, we could have won in the first couple of years. We had it won. But then we decided, hey, we'll stay there, rebuild this place up. Then the insurgency and all that crap came up. And that just became an opportunity for all these politicians and for the, you know, top brass to make money off the military industrial complex. And they wanted to keep that war going for as long as they could. And even to the point when I was there in 2017, the rules that were put upon us like, hey, you can't go to the front line. You can't engage. You know, it's and even though we had all the capabilities with us and then, you know, I got. Um, my hand smacked for constantly pushing the envelope and going up to the front with the uh, ERD and actually putting in work. And they were like, stop doing that. Well, it's like, well, are we trying to win or are we trying to stay here forever? Which obviously we know the answer. They wanted to stay there forever. Um, so yeah, it, it really, my my thought process changed halfway through. And the only reason I kept going back was just to go with my bros and that's it. Like I, I was going to go with my brothers and they were going, I'm going. But I really had no belief in like, what we were doing over there as like uh you know we're here to free these people or we're here to you know keep these people from coming over to our country i just knew i was like this is the job and we're going going over there if my brother's going i'm going to be there to have his back and that's literally the only thing i told myself each and every time
0: i feel like in uh today's society with uh, the rise of podcasts and independent journalism and stuff like that um that's I think we all have a better understanding of what all of this stuff is now, whereas we didn't necessarily have that then when we invaded Iraq. Um, whereas I think there's a lot of people, I'd be real curious, if you took a poll of real Americans of whether or not they would actually want to go to World War III for Ukraine, I bet you 80 to 85% of Americans would say no, absolutely not. That's my guess. I would hope so. I, I would hope so, too. But, you know, when Trump was in there, his stance was, I don't want any wars with any of these fucking countries. Let's just keep America first and then figure it the fuck out afterwards. Like, we're not the world's police, which I enjoyed. Um, I'm not sure why this administration wanted to hop back into another war so quickly, especially after the messy exit out of Afghanistan, you know, just over a year ago.
1: Well, it's because stock prices for military industrial complex companies are going down. They got to get them back up. It's yeah, really, it and is, I promise you it is just that simple. Is it really? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And you, I mean, the person we have in office right now, is not really hard to manipulate and get, get you to get him to do what you want. So I'm sure these, you know, these generals and admirals and all that, it's, it's not a hard conversation to get him to do what they want.
0: No, not at all. I just wonder where is all this fucking money going? Like, where does it all end up at the end of the day? Uh, Northrop
1: Grumman, general dynamics, Boeing, Lockheed, KBR like Kellogg's basically.
0: And then just that yeah. cycle just keeps going forever and ever and ever.
2: Oh, of course. I mean, I'm sure you have friends that are going over there right now, right? I, I have buddies like, oh, I'm going to Ukraine. Or uh, just I've met other dudes that you know work in certain companies like drone companies or whatever. They're like, yeah, we're going to Ukraine to supply them with whatever. but And they're getting paid by the money that we're sending over there. So a lot of it is just getting funneled back to us. You know and enhancing the military industrial complex uh but you know at the same time these these guys that are going over there and like you know taking selfies and posting on instagram like oh here i am in ukraine to me i'm like dude they're trying to make up for lost time man it's like they might have missed something in the past two decades of war they didn't get their chance to go and now they're using this as an excuse i truly don't think they believe in actually what they're doing Eddie, you've been on the show before. You know we got some sponsors
0: that put this shit wagon on the air. First and foremost, GhostBed.com forward slash drinking bros. Let's go, kids. Highest savings in the history of the company, 50% off. That's the adjustable base and the mattress combined together. I've said it before and I'll say it again. That Split King version is their most popular option over there. Comes with two remote controls instead of one. That way you can go uh, to sleep or stay up later than your lover. Totally up to you on that one. Wasn't around uh, when we were first taking a peek at that thing about three and a half years ago. Me and my wife are might have given it a go. She likes to go to bed a little earlier and daddy likes to stay up. And watch the late night games so I understand why it's so popular. Now, if you're saying to yourself, Ross, I've already got an adjustable base. I just need a mattress or maybe some pillows or sheets or a weighted blanket. You can get 40% off every item in the entire store with the promo code Bros at checkout. And it doesn't matter how high you fill that cart up to, Okay. It's still going to be 40% off. You want 60 mattresses in there? Congratulations. Promo code Bros is going to get you 40% off there. And when you check out, you're going to see a three-year pay-as-you-go program. No interest as long as you have decent credits. And uh, when, you, when you check that box... All the deals that I mentioned are applicable with that. And you can walk out of there with a brand new bedroom set for about 20 to 25 bucks a month. Head on over to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. Next up, we got mindbloom.com slash drinking. Going to use the promo code drinking this time over at mindbloom. Mindbloom is the future, and the future is now. Look, there's no quick fix for anxiety and depression. It's not finding a new therapist or starting an exercise routine. It's not more meditation or a better diet. Sometimes you need something to unlock your brain, a new way of thinking about maybe seeing the world. Maybe that thing is guided ketamine therapy from Mindbloom. Uh, There's a new tool out there to improve your mental health, at-home ketamine therapy. Mindbloom is the leader in at-home ketamine therapy, having safely helped thousands and thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression. Unlike traditional talk therapy, ketamine works quickly and doesn't have an unpleasant side effect. Or any of those uh, traditional uh, antidepressants; uh, those side effects that come with those guys. And instead of over twelve hundred Mind Bloom clients. 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only two sessions. Right now, Mindbloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com slash drinkin' and use the promo code Drinking. Take the first step and break free from your anxiety and depression with Mindbloom. Go to mindbloom.com slash drinkin'. That's mindbloom.com slash drinking and use the promo code drinking. Time to get a little ketamine therapy going. Next up, we got manscaped.com. Promo code drinking, bros. Going to get you 20% off and free shipping over there. Huge fans of Manscaped. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? Manscapes is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild. And their game-changing, full-body grooming and hygiene products are here, kids. Don't be the guy at the beach with Austin Powers' chest hair. Uh, and if you grew some winter man tits, the least you can do is make sure they're hairless. It's time to get ready for hot guy summer. By going to manscaped.com for 20% off, plus free shipping with the code Bros. I love that they write copy like this. Manscaped is dedicated to help you increase your confidence and level up your full body grooming game with a performance package 4.0. The kit comes with the Essential lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. So whether you're trimming your chest or the treasure chest in your pants, this is the best trimmer on the market. Their trimmer features uh, a ceramic blade designed to cut hair uh, on loose skin and reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to advanced skin safe technology. Let's face it, kids. We've all shaved our nether regions there. We've all had nicks. Say goodbye to those nicks this year, all right? If you don't have Manscaped already, go out and get one. It's one of those products where if you walk into somebody else's bathroom and it's not already sitting charged up on their countertop, can you even trust them in this life? The answer is No. All right. And if you need a, a nose hair trimmer, they got a package in that Weed Whacker 2.0 that'll come with all of it. Uh, it'll come with the, the crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver, ball toner in there. Plus, you're going to get two free gifts in the shed travel bag, which is a $40 value, uh, along with their patented high performance reduced chafing manscafe boxers. Uh, big fan of those guys. Having the right tools for grooming is essential. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Bros at manscaped.com. It's 20% off plus free shipping with the code Bros at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles at manscaped.com. Promo code Bros for 20% off plus free shipping. It's a FOMO. Uh, Dan talks about this all the time on the show. It's a fear of missing out on all of this stuff. And you hear all the cool stories. Um, some people either got to do them or didn't get to do them. And, you know, shit, they come up to Dan all the time and talk about, man, I wish I would have done this mm-hmm. or this or this or this. And you're right. This might be the, the one chance to go back and do it and but re- relive old glories. That's
1: every generation. Like the, the post-World War II generation, you're talking about like uh – Hemingway and vonnegut, all these guys mm-hmm. like join the merchant marines or whatever the fuck to go out and explore the world. It's just what dudes do. I get it. Yeah. I get it to some degree. I mean, it makes. I sense. get it too because we now want, we me, want I... like we want to we want to use our masculinity for something noble. And let, to be frank, as fucked up as Ukraine is, uh, the shit that Putin's doing right now is more fucked up than what Ukraine's doing. Frankly, yeah, right? yeah. I think that's pretty obvious. So you know. i i I wouldn't put myself or my family at risk for any of those people frankly but i understand i understand it to some degree
0: uh and for you eddie what do you tell a 17 18 year old kid that comes up to you and says hey i'm thinking about joining the military
2: well it's funny you ask that because uh yeah my my oldest son um he's 22 he just enlisted in the marine corps um which that was a that came out of nowhere uh it was a two-day conversation i was like dude why like let, I, well, you better have a good reason, and uh, you know he he told me we, we grew up right next to uh, MCRD in San Diego, uh, And He's like I always watch them going through boot camp. It's just something I'm co- I feel like I'm called to do. I want to serve my country, which I'll never like degrade or talk somebody out of. Um, but I do I did sit him down and like you know became the real came to the realization like Do you know what you're getting into, especially with today's military? And him, him, you know, he's seen more than. Um, the average, the average kid, especially with what happened to me. And I'm like, Hey, you do realize this is not like a just, you know, system and there are flaws in it. But if you're going for the right reasons, you want to serve your country, um, in some capacity, I'm fine with it. But I would, you know, I tell these kids that are joining now go in with a plan, use the military for everything that they have, all the benefits, um, because they will use you and they're going to take everything from you before you get out
0: at any moment in those conversations that you had with him uh did you say look there might be a target on your back just because of who i am and what i went through
2: yeah i'm always you know uh worried about that um but the good thing you know he's my stepson uh i've had him since he was like five um so he has a different last name which i won't say on here so that, that's uh <laughs> yeah i'm banking on that so people won't really know um but at the same time i took him down to the recruiting office and all the all the guys down there were, were all supporters and you know, they were like stoked that I was there and he was joining. So I don't think he's really gonna have that much of an issue. I think it'll if people do find out, it'll be from the upper brass where he's gonna have a target on his back. Um, but as long as he lays low, uh, hopefully it'll dissipate.
1: Well, if everything, you know, if worse comes to worse, he can just uh become a drag queen and become a recruiter for the Navy because that just happened. I'm yeah, that.
2: I just saw that today. Oh my god. Yeah. Go navy. <laughs> <laughs> At least
1: he's in the men's department, right? Shit.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Oh my I god, mean, dude, I'm I'm just hoping this next election we get somebody with some fucking backbone in, in the office, and they they just get rid of all this bullshit.
1: Well, you know, we've yeah. talked to uh, we've talked to Eric Trump about it before, um, and he said. You know, one of the one of the things his dad regretted about his time and as president was he was a bit naive about some things. Like he thought that the once he became president, the system would work for him, not not work, not work for his benefit, but work do what he fucking actually told him to do. Right, since he's the commander yeah. in chief and mm-hmm. all. And uh, he said this time, if he gets back in, he's just going to fire everybody. Which I hope he Good. sticks to. because that that's the yeah. only way we're going to turn this thing
2: around. Exactly, he needs to clean house, and that starts yeah with all the generals and admirals. They need to go. Um, they need to send. They needs to send a clear message to the military, like we're not putting up with this shit anymore. And if you're going to be in a leadership position, you're going to earn it in the first place, and you got to know what you're doing. Yeah, I was on a private phone call with
0: somebody that worked in his administration, and uh, uh, after work yesterday, and was kind of looking back on their time there. And I said, what was it really like? Like, how chaotic was it and everything else? And they were like, man, it seemed like every single person was out for a fucking book deal. And they maybe wanted to work, you know, one to three months tops, get the info they had, and then go sell a book somewhere. And, uh, and looking back on it, because uh, they started naming off all the books that came out of just that administration. I was like, holy shit, that's right, dude. I've, I even forgot about Mary Trump. Remember the cousin that he never talked to? Yeah, she's wrote like, that book and it's sold like, a million copies. It's
1: like you get famous, and then somebody with a club foot shows up with your same last name. Like, <laughs> yeah, I fucking writing a book. It's like, oh my god, get out of here, you fucking weirdo! <laughs> Jesus Christ, man.
0: Uh, if he yeah. does, let's say Trump gets reelected in twenty twenty four, and he reached out to you to come and help out, would you have any interest in uh, in going down that path?
2: yeah I, i've already told them i'm like you know if they want me to uh go out there and advocate for them if he runs i'd I, yeah i'd be happy to i mean i'm that dude bent over backwards helped me out uh in my worst time and i'm like i'm loyal to you know i'll be loyal to him for that forever man i mean that's that's how i am so yeah i already told him i was like i'd definitely help out in any way i can
0: yeah because i'm sure he'll be coming through uh soon one would imagine here i mean shit we're already in may right now we're mm-hmm. or- uh fifteen months from this election oh
2: yeah crazy season
0: god damn yeah no. I mean <laughs> is it really that maybe seventeen months i mean we're we're coming up on it it'll and, be uh the the campaigns will start in
1: earnest august September time frame of this yeah, year yeah yeah right so we're getting yeah. close as um, soon as
2: you start seeing uh black lives matter and antifa come out of the woodwork again that's when election season is
1: coming. yeah yeah by the way, I, just to reiterate from yesterday's show, um, the easiest way to handle Black Lives Matter is to put an O in front of lives, so it's Black Olives Matter, and mm-hmm. you can just completely ruin their day. And I, that's what I, I, en- I really enjoy doing that.
0: We showed uh, <laughs> numerous photos of people writing Black Olives Matter everywhere and just putting the O in. It's genius. I don't know why it took this long, but I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, yesterday. it's nice. Yeah,
1: Just carry that's a Sharpie right. around.
0: Yeah, that's, that's all you, you got to do. do. Boom, and that's why I've got one right here, just in case I see it out. Then I can just draw an O. Even if somebody's wearing a
1: Black Lives Matter shirt, just walk
0: up and draw it right on the shirt. Yeah, I think you're good. That's appropriate. Yeah. I think at you're at the wrong game. <laughs> I think you're good to go. Uh, one of the questions I have for you here is, um, you know, obviously last time you we were in the show, we went through your crazy past and everything that happened, and with President Trump and uh, the pardon and all that other stuff. Uh, how is your life today, and are you able to? move on and is are things kind of back to normal now or are you still struggling with with everything that you went through
2: no man i'm i'm doing good now you know obviously i think it took a couple of years to sort of just get over all that bs uh there's just a lot to like unpack but once i did um no it's it's not like back to normal it's a new normal right uh so i've sort of learned how to navigate that now and uh you know we're doing a lot of good stuff like you know with the pipe my biggest thing uh, that I'm behind it's you know we've had a hundred percent success rate um, with everybody that we've supported so far, you know, which you know knock on wood and uh, it's it's been pretty amazing and so like i I was up in d c last week uh, trying to get Congress to sign off on the uh, or sign the, their names to the um, Justice for Warriors caucus and the more congressmen we can get to sign on that is when we can start making changes to the UCMJ and actually we It was awesome last week we i think we're going to make a dent here pretty soon Uh, we got some three bills coming that are going to change some of the laws in the ucmj but i mean that's a huge uphill battle and um you know i got a lot of not pushback but a lot of of congressmen were like dude you don't want to take on the military that's that's like a you know a wall that you're never going to get around or a huge mountain to climb and i was like hey dude all we got to do is just take one little step at a time i was like and eventually we will make a difference i'm like but if we just have this attitude well, it's too too much of a fight, then, yeah, nothing's going to change. So I think we, we changed some congressman's mind. They signed on. Uh, we got about 20 to sign on. Um, and then we're going to go back next month and get some more. And I think eventually, once we have a huge number, that's when we're going to start seeing some differences made. And, and that's really like what we said after we went through that. I, I made it, you know, I was like, I wanted to make changes to the UCMJ. Um, and we're getting closer to that point. So that is what really drives me. Um, and then, you know, everything else is just chilling with the fam i do you know work at a range here teach shooting uh it's more not really work i like doing it i get to hang out with the guys so it's been good man um yeah so can, to-
1: can you run us through uh some of the changes to the ucmj you want to make because we went through this pro- I, I agree with you on continuing to hammer these assholes we went through this process with uh, richard stayscall a couple years ago to get the uh, uh ndaa uh, revised to reflect you know a service member's right to sue the federal government if they fuck them over right um what yeah. exactly are you trying to get pushed here
2: so right now some of the changes that we're trying to get made and these are just little ones like you know when you're in the trial process um, in the ucmj you know in the civilian courts you got to have 100 right guilty or not guilty mm. in ucmj it only has to be i think 70 percent so you could have you know a group of seven jurors and you know five vote whatever not guilty or four vote not guilty and then three vote guilty or vice versa right that we're trying to change the civilian system where it has to be one fail swoop everyone has to vote the same way um, I also brought up that uh, you know when the jury is selected or when the jurors come in none of them should be in uniform it should be they should know their rank they should know where they come from uh, because when I was on trial there was one officer in my, my jury and I knew just how the military is and how we're raised they're automatically going to look to the officer like, Oh, what do you think? And then he'll put out his opinion and most of the guys will just do what he says. So that's a big change. I want, I want to make in, uh, on that as well. Um, and then, uh, what, what's the other one. Uh, I forget. I'll, I'll it'll come back to me. Those are the two, I mean, and those are small changes, but those are just the start, you know, we got to start, start from somewhere.
1: Sure, there's got to be something about pre-trial confinement as well, right? I mean, the ability to no. bond yourself out of pre-trial confinement, is, is, uh, that, that is that is a constitutional right. And I don't understand why we have a separate judicial system for the military. I understand in certain cases, if it's like treason or some shit like that, maybe you go to a military tribunal and it has different rules. But for ordinary crimes and stuff like that, what, whatever, however egregious they might be, why would we have a separate system in the same way that why would we have a separate medical system for veterans? Mm
0: -hmm. One that fails us constantly. You know what I mean? It doesn't doesn't make make any sense. Um, Even like Henry Ruggs in that case uh, in Vegas, you know, after killing that woman in a car crash Mm -hmm. uh, drunk, he was able to bail himself out. He's been out this entire time and it was only, I think $150,000 bail and he's been out for a year and a half at that point. Um, Yeah. I mean, what would the, the change be to that exactly? You think, uh, just being able to to bond out and and kind of get your own legal. Well, I mean,
1: explain. You you talked about it a little bit last time, and this is one of the issues with the whole Crenshaw situation too, uh, where Crenshaw lobbied to keep him in confinement and not be able to be with his attorney. Like, it, it's just explain exactly what your process was like and why. You don't have to explain why it's fucked up. I think people will understand immediately why it's yeah. fucked up.
2: Yeah. So basically, once you're thrown in pretrial confinement, they can and they can take you there. Anytime they want, it just has to be signed off by your commanding officer. Like, Hey, I, I want this guy in pre-trial confinement. They don't have to have a reason. Um, once they take you there, they about three or four days in, they hold a kangaroo court. And that's exactly what it is. They bring in an officer from the base that, you know, it's just random officer. They go pick price on Oh five. He'll come in and hear your case and the process, but then the prosecution's in there like pretty much. And they can say whatever they want. Um, just all the lies in the world, and nobody ever gets out. Like the uh, the uh, commanding officer who's acting as the judge is always like, "Nope, keep him in here," um, and that's that. Like, there's no bail system, so I do think, yeah, like you said, there should be some kind of uh, bail system or some way to you know that you can get out. Um, and but once you're in, you're not you're not in pre like they call it pretrial confinement. It's bullshit. You're in there with the rest of the prisoners. You're treated as a prisoner. You're doing actually it's almost worse because the prisoners in there have a job where you don't have anything to do so you just sit in a chair all day um and sort of just you know watch cnn which is all they play but it's the the system is completely broken. and it's all about money man like everything they do revolves around how much money they can make so the reason they keep you in there for that long and don't let you out is because it costs a lot of money just to use the phones it costs money like you need gear like Toothbrushes and all that other stuff, dude. They charge you an arm and a leg for all that, so you have to have people constantly come in and put, uh, you know, money into your uh, prison account, so you can buy all these things. And they know that, and they know that's why they, you know, they they keep it going that way. And also, it's a plea bargain factory, right? So they have you in there. Like for me, I was in there for nine months. They let you sit in there for about two and a half, three months, uh, not really telling you shit, and then they'll send in a lawyer. You know, your lawyer who's like, oh, man, I you, I think we need to plea out. Um, this doesn't look good. And he hasn't even like taken a look at your case. And you're just looking at him like, bro, no, that's, that's not going to happen. But I watch all these young kids that go through and none of them have a money for a real lawyer. Uh, nobody in the military has the money to pay a really good lawyer, which is what you need, because the only rights that you have are the ones that you can afford. And mm. so you get this jag who comes in, who is part of the system. Who really has no like gumption to fight for you um he's just like hey it's like uh, tom cruise and a few good men you know like i've plead out i've pled out this many cases i've never even been to court um it's that is that could not be a truer statement um and then you also have your defendant you know your um lawyer will work for the prosecution so he's like working for this other officer who's trying to put you away and they won't call them out on the bullshit. like my prosecutor got caught lying and cheating i don't know how many times before he finally got relieved and my defense lawyer would not call him out on it because he didn't want to get a bad email from that guy later on down the road so there there's a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed uh because it is very it's toxic um it's very uh i don't know incestuous like they're all working together Mm -hmm. um even the judge and that's that's the other thing the judge has really no power um, you like, you think he would. So when I went to my article 32, which is equivalent of a grand jury where they decide, Hey, we're going to push this forward to a court martial. The judge at that, uh, article 32 said, listen, there's not enough evidence to go forward with this. I don't recommend going forward with like, I think it was like three of the murder charges and my commanding officer, uh, at sea of a uh, group one was like, Nope, I don't care. Push them forward. And that was it. I I still went to trial for all that. So the system is like beyond jacked up and their teen like an adult needs to come in that room and be like, okay, let's fix this and make it fair. Um, But there's there's a lot of shit to unpack um, and, you know, it's going to take a lot of work.
1: And you, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, so a grand jury, the standard is a preponderance of evidence, right? Like there's yeah. a, it, there's a good chance this happened. So now we're going to send it to trial, not just getting a couple of assholes in a room and, and you know, one of them can direct the rest of them on how to behave unless it's a judge, right. Who's mm-hmm. outside of that chain of command or whatever it is that that's again, that's just asinine. That's not how any legal system works.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and in your estimate, Eddie, how many people are wrongfully convicted in the military? If you were to put a number on it, you think?
2: Dude, I mean, I would say above 50%, just from what I saw. And it's not just wrongfully convicted, it's the over-punishment, right? It's, you know, you have these 19-year-old kids that are in there serving five years because they showed up late to a muster, right? And then they get charged with being UA, and then NCIS gets involved. And then they start throwing spaghetti at the wall. Well, yeah, you were UA, but what else were you doing? And the next thing you know, and this is a true story, this guy was drunk, didn't show up for muster. They had to come and get him, charged him with UA, had NCIS come in, and next thing you know, he's being charged for espionage because NCIS went through his computer and found out that he had Googled Russia at some point. And they're like, well, you're working for the Russians. I mean, it's it's all complete bullshit, but that's what they bring to court. And this poor kid sat in pretrial confinement for four months while these prosecutors and everybody came in every day and they're like, dude, we have you. It's over. Like You're going to do 60 years unless you plead guilty and we'll only give you like four years. And at the end of the day, these kids just end up giving up because they're like, I don't have the money to spend on a good lawyer that's going to defend me properly. So I might as well just take the four years. And that's just one example of many that I when I was in there. I mean, it, the system is rigged for sure. Yeah, that's fucked. That's Stasi. That's
1: Stasi bullshit. So there's this old, yeah. uh, uh, this old Stasi leader um, Berea, I think his name was, and he—you probably remember the quote: "It's show me the man, and I'll show you the crime." Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like fucking full-on Russian communist bullshit. Stasi, East Germany. Like it's fucked, and this is yeah. this how we treat our service members.
2: Exactly. I mean, it's it is. It's disgusting. And I, you know, watching when I was in there with these young kids, I'm like, dude, if this kid decided just to go to college instead of raising his right hand to serve his country, him smoking some weed would have been nothing. But because he joined the military and made one mistake, smoked some weed, popped on a drug test, they're literally destroying this kid for the rest of his life. You know, they're they're giving him prison time, dishonorable discharge, probably a felon just because it's the military. And then this kid has to live with that the rest of his life. So I'm like, why would anybody want to join the military? This is how they're going to be punished.
0: Yeah, speaking of which, uh, there is breaking news here regarding that. Um, It says uh, the the army is not going to meet their recruiting goal this year. They were hoping for 65,000 new soldiers. And it looks like they're going to be about 15,000 short. Maybe they'll hire Dylan Mulvaney. <laughs> Why
1: not?
2: I think the navy, the navy already got it, got him. Yeah. Or well, or then.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if it'll work now. Yeah. You hey, don't, don't want to. Might copy be the too navy. late. Yeah. You got to yeah. go on TikTok and and pay her to go on TikTok and do some him. stuff. Him, whoever. Yeah, it's a man. At this yeah. point, oh, Jesus Christ, dude! It's trying to get the pronouns right is, is probably the toughest part of my day. Uh, well, there's oh, only two dude.
1: gametes, right? Yeah. Ovum and sperm, and you produce
0: one or the other. The end.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, you're making too much sense. It's uh...
0: <laughs> And now your son is there. Your son is in this shit. right
1: Yeah, but now. he's in the men's department. I mean, the Marine Corps does a lot of stupid shit, but that I don't think that's going to be one of the things they do. No, yeah, you would hope. And not, I'll, right? I'll
2: give it. I'll give it to the Marines. Like after you know, we're watching everything that's going on now. You know, with the Army, Navy, and all that. The Marines seem to be sticking to their guns and being like, "Yeah, we're not going to take part in this bullshit." Um, you know, hopefully, I'm not speaking too soon, but.
0: Yeah, hopefully not. And then, you know, obviously, hopefully nothing goes down in Ukraine or in, in Russia that they, they end up shipping him over there. Because um, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you, you've thought about that. And I'm sure you, you chatted with him about it.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he 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 knows fully, full well what he's getting into. And then at the end of the day, man, like, it's one of those parent things where you're just like, all right, man, I'm, I'm going to support you. You know, I might not, like, agree with some of the stuff you're doing, but at the end of the day, he's my son and I'm going to support him. So...
1: Well, speaking of support, so tell us about Pipeheader Foundation. Um, I know you guys do a number of things. We talked about um, we talked about public affairs a little bit and trying to get some changes to UCMJ, but you guys also provide um, financial support for legal defense funds for the people we were just talking about, those young kids in the military who can't afford adequate legal representation, right?
2: Yeah. So we uh, pretty much support active duty military law enforcement and first responders. um, If they're being unjustly accused for doing their job, uh, which we've had a lot of law enforcement that we've helped out over the past couple of years. But we step in. uh, We provide emergency relief aid to their family as they're going through that uh, tough time. And then we also raise money for their legal defense and we will advocate for them as well. Um, And we also have advisors on the board now. So we don't provide lawyers. We were like, we're not going to do that because that just gets too uh, muddy Mm -hmm. at times. So we're like, hey, you guys have your own lawyers. Mm -hmm. But what we're finding out is and this is unfortunate. um, We people end up reaching out to us uh, when it's too late. Like it's a lot of the people, you know, like, hey, I just got found guilty. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we need your help. And which we still we step in and we're like, all right. And most of the time, it's Due to lazy lawyers and we're like hey man your, your legal team didn't do right by you so we have advisors now that can sort of help uh these people out like you know what are your lawyers doing um are they making the right decisions and and we also have i mean you know due to my wife and brother who fought for me you know they sort of created this uh pathway to defeat you know the the media and the government, when they're trying to uh, target someone, um, we, we have a lot of right, good connections. So we use those as well to help these individuals out. Um, and it's, like I said, it's, it's been a hundred percent success rate so far, um, which I, you know, I am like thank God and, you know, we're going to continue to push forward and, you know, continue to do what we do. But I think we, you know, we're growing as well and hopefully we'll be able to reach uh, a lot more people because they're unfortunately, you know, we're we're a very small nonprofit right now, um, and we have a lot of people reaching out. And sometimes there's ones that we're just like, hey, we can't do anything right now. So we're we're growing, and I'm hoping that you know we can start helping a lot more individuals. Um, but it's been uh, it's been an awesome experience. Um, and how should people
0: reach out and find you? And more importantly, when? At what point in the legal process? should these guys be, uh, reaching out to you guys for help? Because like you were saying, uh, earlier, it's not great to call after you've already been found guilty because then you're in an appeals process and that's, you know, not only time and money, but it's years and years, uh, later. And you've got to try to get somebody to, uh, even think about overturning it or getting a new trial. When should people reach out and contact you guys?
2: As soon as they find out they're being put under investigation or being accused of something, they should reach out. Send us, you know, uh, you can get on org, fill out a grant, give, send us all the information that you have. Um, even if you aren't, um, being charged yet, at least we can have our advisors look at that and sort of come up with a plan, um, to help out because, you know, the, the sooner that you start, the better off. You're going to be um, so. I, but, I, you know, that's a hard thing to it's it's hard for especially for service members. Um, and I completely understand because I was in the same boat where you are being charged or you're like under investigation and you're told to trust the system. They're like, oh, don't worry, you know, even the leadership, all oh, this will work out. Just, you know, trust the system. It's all going to play out and it's not going to. <laughs> you're better off reaching out to us right off the bat so we can at least get involved in some way and uh, protect you the best way we can.
1: Yeah, just trust me is not a fucking game plan. No. Um, yeah. And, you know, to be honest, just a little bit of pressure from external organizations in the beginning part of some of these things will shut, shut them down entirely before any real paperwork even gets done, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of these people are just trying to summarily get somebody out of their unit or, you know, exact revenge on them. There's so much petty bullshit that happens in the military, even, at, even like yeah. all the way down to the individual unit level. Where people are getting fucked with and NJP'd and shit for dumb shit just because they're trying to get a, a paper trail and somebody to kick them out of the military.
0: I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. It's not great. And, and oh, how, for sure. Uh, sorry. And, and how fast are they trying to get like confessions and stuff out of these these kids?
2: It's not even about the confession. I mean, if they want to target you, you don't you don't have to confess. They'll still target you and come after you. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're. So I'll give you a prime example, like, uh, you, that, uh, kid that died at buds last year, right. Mm-hmm. During hell week. I remember that story. Yeah. Um, I knew right away, I was like, somebody's going to get hung out to drive for this. Cause they got to blame somebody. And sure enough, I got word that they were going to, uh, fire two E sixes that were just instructors had nothing to do with this kid dying, but they were like, all right, these are the two that we're going to hang out to drive, ruin their careers. So we had already started genning up, um, a bunch of stuff like to start defending these guys and the, that their lawyer went to Warcom who's in charge of all NSW and pretty much told them like, Hey, if you guys go after these two kids, you know, pipe hitter foundation, like the Gallagher family is ready to start hammering down on you. Um, they already have a plan and say, they let it go. They're like, Oh, all yeah. right. I mean, what were they going to do happened.
1: when the tox report comes out and the dude is on every fucking supplement you can take? You know what I mean? Not that like a lot of dudes, the, the reality of the special warfare community is that a lot of people do, supplement some of them irresponsibly to make sure you can get the job done look we fucking do it as adults Mm -hmm. to make sure we can get the job done still and i recommend talking to a a real doctor and using those things responsible or responsibly but yeah they were just about to fuck these two dudes guys that we spent two or three million dollars training by the way they were just gonna fuck their career up their life up because one kid made a mistake going through buds like that's fucking crazy
0: yeah and that's the reason i ask is you want to make sure these kids have the proper info before you know a situation like this arises and then reaching out to you in time uh that's why i kind of wanted to to know the process of of when they should really try to get a hold
2: of you guys i would say immediately as soon as you have like your spidey senses are like okay something's not right reach out because no, none, of, none of us are trained to go through anything like that as soon as that process starts happening you're lost I mean I was the same way I'm like dude I've never been through the judicial system in the military I don't know how it works and they take advantage of that um, they take advantage of you not knowing how a system works and they'll do whatever they want to you because you're not really fighting back so that's why I, I'd say like reach out immediately so we can start fighting back for you uh, because we know the system we know how to defeat it um, and we also know, what scares the shit out of the upper brass and what they're they're afraid of and so i yeah like i said i would reach out immediately um okay yeah uh
0: and out of those 20 congressmen that have already signed this um is dan crenshaw one of them
2: (laughs) no no but we got we got a bunch of other team guy uh, congressmen to sign off on us which was awesome
0: Cool. I thought I'd ask, you know, he lives down the road here in Texas and, uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to stop by, we can go to his office together, just kind of chill, taking a game or something, you know?
2: Hey, I'm down. You know, I'm always, (laughs) I'm always willing to to talk to him face to face. Well, let me ask you this. If if he, if he said, Hey, I I want to have water under the
0: bridge. I want to sign off on this and, uh, uh, and kind of heal our friendship. Would that be good enough?
2: The only thing I, mean, I got asked this, like, Oh, well, what are you gonna do if he does talk to you? I'm like, the only thing I'll accept is an apology. Like, if he if he can come out and be like, Hey, man, I made a mistake, I misjudged you. Uh, you know, I'm sorry for the things I did, and was a man about it. And I've, I've had these conversations with other people that, um, you know, made certain judgments about me when I was going through. And yeah, I forgave him. I was like, cool, man, because there was a lot of lies being put out about me. But I don't think I could ever do anything side by side with him. I mean, just knowing his character and knowing what he's about now. I don't even think I'd let him sign off on that petition.
1: Leopards don't often change their spots.
0: No, yeah. but, it, but in your case, has anybody ever reached out who said, you know, I heard your story after the fact, and I want to apologize because I, I had preconceived notions about
2: you and what you did. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've had, uh, other team guys, uh, reach out to me, um, and say that. And I'm like, cool, forgive, you know, forgiven water under the bridge, let's move on. Um, because, you know, you can't you can't uh, stay mad at individuals like that. I and mean, especially when there's so many lies being put out about you. And I know how it is being in the military, you have a CEO that comes down and is like, hey, this guy's guilty. And boom, 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 this is the reasons why you're going to listen to your you know leadership. So it's, you know, it's, it's not really I don't put a lot of uh, onus on on the individuals for making Judgments after because they were lied to, but as long as you know they came out and they apologized for it, I'm I'm cool.
0: That's good. Um, well, this is the point in the show, obviously, where where we get to the drinking bro of the week, which is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today. Uh, you've done this before in the past. Who would you like to give it out to today?
2: Uh, let's see. I mean, it's always going to be my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's uh, she's my rock. She keeps me going. I wouldn't be here without her, uh, not just for what she did for me when I was locked up, but just through my whole career and, and even in the transition because uh, I was a pain in the ass for a couple of years. So she put up with me and helped me get to where I am. So, yeah. That's awesome. How involved is she in the Pipe Hitters Foundation? Oh, we both. She's... She's the reason that thing is still running. I mean, her and our executive director, Dina Cruden, uh, they do a lion's share of the work. Uh, a lot of the admin, which I'm not—I uh, can't—I can't get into that. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I tried. They—they they were like, just stay off the computer. Uh, but you know, they—they they both uh, run the show. Um, so she's heavily involved. Um, so it's—it's it's, it's awesome. I get to work side by side with her. That's
0: great. That's great. Uh, tell everybody where they can find your uh, your site and learn more about it.
2: Yeah, so it's uh, Um Just go on there. You can uh, see all of the people that we're helping. We have each individual um, and their story out there. And uh, you can donate. You can choose to donate to a certain individual um, if you want to get behind their case. Or you can just give money to the Pipe Pitter Foundation. But you just know 95% of the money that we take goes into uh, helping all those individuals uh, I think uh, Dina Cruden, our executive director, and my wife take a, a small paycheck for the amount of work that they do, but the rest of the money goes to them. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, that's it. And if you're looking for help, um, if you need help, get on there, fill out a grant. And like I said, do it as soon as possible. Um, and we review those grants twice a month.
0: So That's great. And it's it's on a case-by-case basis, too. So if you want to donate to one in particular case, you can do that as well. You have the option
2: yes yeah so uh we just had i don't know you guys heard that the darby ben darby and keelan darby um he ben was he was just released from prison two weeks ago so he was an alabama state trooper um and he got called to a scene where a guy was doing suicide by cop uh the two cops were already on the scene didn't have it under control the guy had a weapon uh to his own head and then when darby came in he made a furtive movement to point the weapon at him and darby shot and killed him uh And he was cleared twice by his command, and then a liberal DA came after him and found him guilty, locked him up for 26 years. But we, Keelan, who's also his wife, and uh, she's also uh, a law enforcement officer, she was out there uh, telling the story. I actually heard her on Andy Stump's podcast reach out to her and was like, hey, we want to help. So we were helping her the past year, and uh, two weeks ago, he got released on appeal. So that was a huge win. Um, he's the fight's not over for them, but uh, they you know that's just one story, and we have, I think about six or seven others right now that we're we're supporting. So, yeah, you can go in there and look at each story and uh, what their case is about. and if you feel so obliged, you can start donating to that individual.
0: That's awesome, man. Uh, well, congratulations, and uh, it's cool to see that you turned uh, a horrific experience into something positive and they're at least trying to change the future of uh of what might happen to these young men and women out there
2: yeah well that's what we do man when you get once you get over a mountain uh you got to help others over it as well so
0: well cheers friends you have a standing invite anytime you're in austin uh we'd love to see you come on down to the studio drink some hard af seltzers and let's get rocked soon okay
2: Definitely, man. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Uh, We
0: appreciate it. Uh, For D'Anthony D'Anthony Anthony Holloway, Eddie Gallagher, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone.